The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Raising teens alone can be brutal. It becomes easier when you are cooperating with the universe. Welcome to Co-Parenting with the Universe. This is Marielle Fellows, your host. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that is very personal, but not only because it's a personal topic, also because I've seen moms very feeling powerless, feeling confused, sometimes feeling frustrated, sad, or scared when they, they know that their teenager is depressed or they're not sure that their teenager is depressed. So today we're going to cover signs that your teenager may be depressed. Uh, we're going to cover a few of the things that you can do. And we, all, we will also talk about how to be with them if they don't really want the help. And we're going to finish with a meditation, not so much a meditation, more like a visualization to help them by being at your best, considering the situation. Because as I mentioned, when our teens are depressed, it affects us deeply. And if we don't take care of ourselves, both energetically, emotionally, physically, we, we are not at our best to help them. And also, we are not, it, it, it keeps us, holds us hostage in everything we do. And that's something that I would love for every mom to be able to avoid, prevent. So a few of the signs that your teenager may be depressed, if you see, first of all, it starts very often by them being withdrawn. And I know that teenagers sometimes have a tendency to be a lot in their room, for example, even when they are totally fine. But when we're saying withdrawn here, it's even withdrawn from things they used to like, they usually love, uh, participating in activities that they like, either sport, uh, being with their friends, um, seeing them really not enjoying themselves so much. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, they can also be sad, 
you can i remember when my son was depressed he was very sad and he was also very irritable there were arguments that were starting from nothing so that's why it's important for you to be in a good space because you don't want to enter that dance um they lose interest in things that they are usually they used to enjoy and that we talked a little bit about it they can also have changes in their eating habits they can eat more they can eat less you may see that they gain weight or they lose weight and in their hip uh, sleeping habits i know that even for myself when i was depressed i felt like sleeping more uh, because it's some way it, it's an escape so maybe you see them you see them sleeping more you or less maybe they suffer from insomnia maybe you see like it was the case for us in our um house the room where they're staying is very dark my son kept his blinds closed which is not a good thing because if you don't get enough sunlight and especially going out in the light of the sun for our eyes to really receive this light it encourages depression they also may be very ap apathic lethargic uh very little energy no motivation um they can feel worthless and granted that teenagehood is an age where we suffer with our value we try to feel our value from the outside but it's like more than usual maybe they they make themselves guilty about stuff that they shouldn't feel guilty about maybe you see them also losing hope that things could change or losing hope about their future in any category of their life their grades at school and their attendance may be suffering they may be dropping classes like um or, or skipping classes and one last thing i want to mention because suicide is the third leading cause to death amongst teenagers they may have entertained or they are entertaining some suicidal thoughts they may talk about it and if that's the case it is crucial that you bring them to a mental health professional because i know in my time when i was growing up they used to say the people who talk about it don't do it and that's totally not true that's false false that's not true and i know that my son before he tried i've seen him in several instances talking about it so be very very cautious if you hear that you get help get their help and get them evaluated those symptoms or those signs that your child is depressed doesn't necessarily mean that they are in flu, full depression but 
if there are several of them that are present at the same time, and if you see that it's lasting through time, like let's say um, two weeks or three weeks, it is time to maybe look out to find some help or to give them some help um, if they are open to it. And that's our next uh, topic. That's where we're going to go next, because sometimes, and frankly, in many cases, they don't want the help. I know for my son, he did not want the help. Uh, and he didn't have the tools to cope. And they, they, a few reasons why they don't want the help, it may be because they don't think that it's working. Uh, same thing in my family, I had two kids who went through therapy. And frankly, it's extremely hard to find a good therapist. Uh, we tried several. There were very bad stuff that happened. And even though my son was open to therapy when he was 10 and he asked me to bring him back to therapy because he had anger issues, when later on, even after he tried to commit suicide, he was not open to therapy at all. Of course, since he did what he did, it was a non-negotiable. But in a case of a depressed teen, they may not cooperate and they may think that it's not working because in the past, it did not. If, if that's the case, there are several things that you can ask them. You can ask them, why did they not like about therapy? Why didn't they like uh, to, to, to go through that? Uh, why do they think that it didn't work? And you can ask them, what did they like about it? And if there was nothing they, they liked in the past experiences, what would they like? And then you can go together to try to, try to find, I, I did a combination between try and find here. I don't know if you heard it to try to find the, the right therapist for them because therapy doesn't work if the patient is not cooperating and it won't work if they don't feel safe with that therapist, if they don't feel that they connect to the therapist. Um, they also can think maybe that it's weird to be in therapy or embarrassing. I know it wasn't the case in my family because uh, I love so much psychology. I always talk about psychology. And one of my uh, daughters ended up graduating from a BA in psychology. But when they were kids, it, it wasn't something that was embarrassing to them. And also, they didn't have to tell anyone if they don't want to. And you can also, as you remember, we are models for our kids and you can transmit the message that if you were needing help you wouldn't be embarrassed at all to go through therapy sometimes we need a mirror to look at what we're not conscious of about ourselves and granting that granted that we're conscious only about five percent of the day there are many many things that we do and say and think that we're not even conscious about and that's where a mirror or a therapist can help because they can make you aware of 
things that you're doing, especially if you're going through uh, cognitive behavior therapy. They're going to look at your behavior. They're going to challenge those negative thoughts. And that way, you will be, it will be easier for them to change. Another common resistance is that they feel defensive because, unfortunately, we love them so much. Sometimes our concern, our worry, and frankly, sometimes our frustration, because we can be frustrated with their lack of cooperation, it transpires. Even though we try to be neutral when we come and we talk to them, some things in our body language, even in our unconscious cues that we send to each other, or our words, our words, or our tone, transpires and they right away become this defensive so that's something that as parents we can work on and especially with pre-framing the discussion preparing ourselves emotionally mentally and physically if you want to also before we have those conversations that's where tapping is extremely useful the, the last thing is maybe they are feeling very hopeless and they cannot even conceive that it can change or that the help may change anything if that's the case you can talk to them and see and do it like an experiment let's try it for that amount of time and we'll see and if that doesn't help we'll find another way so those are the few things, the few resistance points that you may be experiencing with your teenager. Now, when it comes to us, what can you do? So of course you can get professional help. You can educate yourself on the subject and information is everywhere. I'm trying to give you a little bit of information of the information that was useful to me when I was going through that. But information, books, everything is everywhere. And I'm, of course, I'm not a specialist, I'm not a therapist, but you can educate yourself and try to feel more like stronger in what you do, wiser. And the main thing that you can do in those times, especially in times of having a teenager that is struggling with their mental health, their depression, or being depressed, is to make your relationship stronger. And that comes with you having empathy, doing your best to put yourself in their shoes, even if you've never gone through that, be very open-minded and be very non-judgmental because sometimes like i mentioned we don't realize our reactions are showing judgment and like um like a, a um, seashell they're going back in their shell and that's it or a turtle or a turtoise or a turtle so even though you may be frustrated a lot of people are frustrated when someone around them is depressed and they're not trying even to do something that would be good for them because it's very hard for the person to understand that 
it's not that they don't want to it's just they are in the moment incapable of doing that they are they're not capable they don't see the hope like all the reason, reasons we mentioned so even if that's you if you're frustrated or if you're scared or if you're sad or if you are what else would be there sad frustrated afraid or confused on what to do try to really work on that by yourself so you can dissolve all that before you interact with interact with them and i am uh, i have recorded a tapping session a short one to help you that you can find in the youtube playlist the eft playlist to accompany this episode of course, it's a very short one. And as I always mention, short tapping sessions are amazing, like an emotional band-aid, like an emotional first aid, first aid um, item. But if there is something deeper in you, if there is really a lot of our beliefs and our reactions on autopilot are stemming from something that happened very early in life and these you cannot dissolve or work on or heal in five minutes with a recorded tapping session it requires more work and very often like we mentioned the mirror the help and the assistance of um, a tapping practitioner so if that's you i urge you to find some help whether it's with me or with someone else so be supportive be non-judgmental and do not try to fix them when they talk to you just concentrate on validating their emotions instead of criticizing or trying to give an advice on some on something that they could do better just drop that just validate how they feel and you can even there is a thing that's called mirror listening. You listen to the person really with all your attention on them and you just come back on what they say. So you, you can listen to what they say and then you say, so what I understand from what you just say is that you've been really sad lately or you just repeat what they just said so that they can feel heard. And you can ask them, is that correct? Is that true? That way they feel, they feel heard. We all want to feel seen and heard. And they feel safe. And they see that you really are doing your best to understand what's going on. And you're on their side. We don't have to rush to solutions all the time. Just be curious with a lot, a lot of compassion and empathy. You can ask them gentle questions, always non-judgmental, gentle questions, and without emotionally reacting. You can also, sometimes they need to vent and they don't need us to talk. This, is, this was a hard one for me to learn because I'm a coach, so I always tend to, by default, go on my coaching mode and that used to create a problem 
with sometimes when my kids wanted to wanted to vent and I didn't realize that. I had to learn that as they were growing up, as they were teenagers. Sometimes they just need a presence, a loving presence, a presence that makes them feel safe. Just sitting next to them, hearing what they have to say, let them vent, being curious, being gentle, non-judgmental, and sending love and asking them if they want a hug. Instead of saying, you know, you should do blah, 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 or you should be blah, 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 or why don't you blah, 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 blah. That's not what they are needing from us. Just listen. Now, if you want to encourage them to do stuff, <coughs> sorry, you can first acknowledge the positive, acknowledge the things that they're still doing, how they're still performing, still going to school, still, I don't know, taking showers, because in some cases they're so depressed, they don't even want to go there. Uh, really bring some acknowledgement to that. And instead of saying you should go outside, you can just invite them to, do you feel, from, would you like for me to invite your friend and, and order some pizzas and you could watch a movie together? Or I'm going out. Would you like us to be together and we can sit down and have a lunch or a smoothie or a Starbucks or whatever? Not that I'm encouraging you to give caffeine to your teenager, but there are many other things in Starbucks. I know we enjoyed it a lot with my kids just proposing some things. And the last um, I hate to call it items again, but the last uh, thing <laughs> for, for the lack of a better word that you can do, we talked about modeling, is to take care of yourself really have a self-care, self-love routine in those times. It's crucial because they see you, they listen to you, and they feel your energy. So if you are used to exercising, which it's a good thing, we should be exercising, and I don't like the should, we, we, it's a good thing for us to do some kind of movement of, or exercise, don't give up on that. If you want to go out with a friend, sometimes don't give up on that. Of course, you need to be present for your teenager, but it doesn't need, they don't need to be the center of everything. It's very heavy on them when moms do that because then they feel somehow responsible for their mom's happiness and, and good mood. Continue doing the things that you can do, that you love doing. And now we're going towards the end of this episode. Episode. That was a, a lot of French accent there. You can have incorporate in your routine some kind of very quick visualization 
and centering back and stepping back into your energetic self to come into the room, into the house with the highest vibration that you can have. If you are a fan of Wayne Dyer, may he rest in peace. I loved and I still love Wayne Dyer. He always talked about those masters that when they entered a city, just their energy alone was bringing healing to people. So you can aspire, of course, we're not masters, but we can aspire to get a little bit of that, to be a little bit healers with our energy just by your presence. And that's what I'm inviting you to do now. So if you are in a place where you can sit comfortably, do so. Close your eyes, put your feet on the ground, ideally barefoot, but if you have shoes and you can't remove them, that's okay. And start breathing deeply to the count of six. We're going to do three ins and out to the count of six, inhaling from the nose, exhaling from the mouth. Close your eyes and inhale. Two, three, four, five, six. Exhale. Two, three, four, five, six. Inhale. Two, three, four five, six, exhale, two, three, four, five, six, last one, inhale, big stomach, three, four, five, six, exhale, two, three, four, five, Six. Become aware of your feet on the floor. Become aware of the support of the chair under you. And become aware of the top of your head. And invite all your consciousness to be here and now in this moment, here with your physical body. And now imagine that from the sole of your feet and from the basis of your spine, you're dropping some roots into the earth, deep, 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 deep into the earth. And you become somehow like a tree, drawing your strength from the beautiful energy and nurturing of this planet Earth. The same energy that makes the trees strong and tall is available to you. Feel it coming up into your body through your soul and the basis of your spine. Feel that strength. 
feel that presence that is solid and anchored in this time and place, here and now. Going up all the way through your spine, all the way to the top of your head, in your arms, entering all your cells, all the molecules of your body, strength and presence. Become aware of your strength. It's always with you, you're just becoming more conscious about it. And it is physical strength, but more even mental, mental strength. Resourcefulness. You're strong. You have what it takes to go through that. In inhale that strength. And as you inhale, you feel even stronger and even more resourceful and even more ready to go through that. And let go anything that is disturbing. You can do that one more time. Inhale strength, resourcefulness, presence, and let go of the rest. And now, from the top of your head, imagine that a ball of energy that is connected to your true self, to your soul, to the whole universe, is entering your body from the top, going down into your body, into every cell, every molecule of your body. full of infinite wisdom, full of guidance whenever you need it. Guidance even to the level of the cells of your body. Guidance on how to be, so that you can be the best parent that you can be for your teen right now. And now bring your consciousness between above and below into your heart. And feel the love that you have for your teenager. Feel the love that is also available to you into the infinite field of love that we are both made of and surrounded by. And really bring back a memory of your teenager anytime in their life, at any age, and feel that love. And become aware of how strong this life force energy of love is. It creates miracles, it dissolves barriers and send that love to your teenager now, wherever they are directly, connecting with their heart, whether they are conscious of it or not. Mm -hmm. 
sending them healing energy and strength, whether they're conscious of it or not. Sending them love. Whether you consciously see the result or not, it is there. It is entering their heart. And now put your hand on your heart center and bring back calmness. You have everything you need. You can become a loving, kind presence to support them and accompany them in this difficult experience that they're going through right now. You are strong. You are wise. You are loving. You are centered and present in all those qualities. Becoming aware of that anytime you need to. Anytime you feel that you start doubting or getting confused, come back to that. You put a hand on your heart and you feel the strength from below, the wisdom from above, the love and the, the courage from your heart. And you're ready to interact and you're ready to open yourself to ideas and you're ready to be. Just be and know that your being is helping them. And you can stay there. You may hear the rain that is falling now outside, washing anything away but that strength, wisdom, guidance, love, and courage. You can stay there if you desire to. Or you can come back to this moment. I'm going to leave you to wherever you want to be. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.